Hello, listeners. We're back with our dragon battle that took place at February's Los Angeles Natural History Museum's First Fridays event. What is First Fridays? The first Friday of every month from February through June, the museum hosts a KCRW-presented evening of music, allowing visitors of all ages to stay late for a night at the museum. Each month offers a different lineup of musical guests and DJs, guided museum tours, and scientist-led talks. And now, podcasts! We're here to have fun, discuss some of our favorite dragons, and where science intersects, generally breaking things into three categories, myth, pop culture, and lore, while touching on some world-building elements and hopefully chatting with some of the event-goers. Let's jump back in to where the battle left off. Ready for the next one? Yes, let's do it. Okay. We have got... So eight is gone. I'm just saying you could go to the next closest one. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can start doing that now. Yeah, so the next closest one would be The Last Airbender, Claire. Yes. uh, At nine. So we've got Claire versus... Fifteen. Uh, so the closest to fifteen. Uh, Smog. Smog. So we got Smog versus the last Airbender. Um, <laughs> Claire, which dragon is that specifically? They're dragons. Dragons. Yeah, I don't. You're choosing all of these multiple dragons. Well, I'm just saying that. Well, in, in Rain of Fire is primarily the male dragon, mm-hmm. but in Avatar: The Last Airbender. You can't separate the dragons because they exist as a yin and yang, and they are they complement each other. And you cannot you cannot be a firebender without learning to control both the force and the creation aspect of fire. So they're necessary. Okay. Now, so is it just two? I've only watched very little of Avatar. Are they? There, there are they just been, two, or are they two groups of dragons? There have been many dragons in Avatar. But the two dragons I'm speaking of are the, how should I put it, the great ancestors of all firebending in the universe of Avatar, okay. the last airbender. So they are the teachers of how to manipulate the element that is fire and also create a balance in their their coexistence with each other is a balance that allows for you to be able to control this dangerous, you know, life-threatening element, but but also an element that creates things and brings life. And to be a good firebender, you have to understand both of those things. And they dance with each other, and it's really adorable. Okay. They do a little dance, and to be a really good fire bender, you have to dance. Okay. So, um, all right, Justin. So you, so the dancing dragon is going against Snow. First, I'm not certain that I'm going to overcome the dance. I just want to put that out there right now. I I accept my limitations, and Uh the the dance is going to be powerful. Um, Okay, so I purposely avoided with Smog. Because Lisa has Jormungandr, the North Dragon. Mm. Um, uh-huh. Because so much of Tolkien's world building mm. is based in Norse mythology. So I kind of went a 
Smog is a, is is sort of the prototypical Eurocentric Western dragon. Um, of course. And he shares a lot of qualities with the great dragon of Western mythology, meaning the devil, meaning Satan. You know. Well, he um, does guard a lot of gold coins. He's he's super avaricious. Style. Yep. Um, he's cruel. He's petty. He's intelligent. He bargains. He offers deals. Um, he is. Uh, he riddles. Um, he's a dragon of intellect. He is. Uh, intellect and greed is his defining quality. Though. Definitely. Um, he is very serpentine. You know, he has this great long neck. You know, and again, you know, and I think Smog was intended, at least in my interpretation, to embody evil, to embody those things in ourselves that we really don't like. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and those things are powerful. And they are not easily overcome. Which is why Smog is armored. You know? Yep. No weapon can penetrate Smog, you know, except in one little spot. Because there's always, you know, with a straight... If you're a straight arrow, yeah. if you're a straight arrow, you can overcome that inner part of yourself. You know? If you're playing it straight. Okay. Um, Smog... In a more, in a less, you know, nerdy intellectual sense, in a more geeky sense. Right. Smells kind of a badass. You know, he's a town flattening kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Distinguishing between nerdy and intellectual and geeky. And geeky. Yes, nerdy and geeky are two very distinct things. I'm just saying. Chicks date geeks. All right? That's all I'm going to say about that. All right? Um, um, See that? I think... Uh, he um, he decimated entire civilizations. I mean, he he obliterated an entire dwarven kingdom. Um, Smaug is a he battles so much and so effectively that he's kind of blasé about it. You know, he doesn't take other foes very seriously because he's so hard to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about the, uh, the the if you don't notice, if you don't get in close to your bad side, if you don't get in close to the evil, close enough to see his weakness, you won't know about it and you'll lose. Right. Um, how long has Smog been around? Do we know? Yeah, how old is Smog? Okay, uh, dragons are rare, super rare. There are only two named dragons in Tolkien, uh, Smog and Encaligan and, and the Black. Um, that's a great name, isn't it? Yeah, in Caligan the Black. Um, awesome. They don't really say. I know that Smaug was full grown when he came and destroyed Erebor. Right. You know the Dwarven Kingdom. Um, I, I would imagine that everybody in Tolkien is pretty long lived. You know, even humans are living. You know, a couple centuries. I, I would yeah. say. I would venture to say that he is thousands of years old. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I think I can comfortably. That's lengthy. I just have one rebuttal. Yeah. And oh. that is that the dragons in the Avatar The Last Airbender have the ability to teach any human to dance. To dance. <laughs> I'm sorry. To sorry. dance <laughs> and to control fire. Mm-hmm. Including smokes fire. So I would be more worried about that as fire were his only weapon. All right. But he has a mighty tail, big buffeting wings, mm-hmm. and, you know, teeth like swords. 
So. Teeth like swords, guarding money, versus dancing dragons who fire Who are friends of humans. I have no expectation of victory. Friends of the humans. <laughs> All right. So, uh, ladies, you want to uh, chime in first? I have my own personal problems with Smog. <laughs> Wait, please, elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't want to let my own, I don't want my feelings to cloud this battle. Let them them cloud the battle out loud so we don't have a lot of dead air. Okay, great. (laughs) So I think that I am going to have to go with the airbending dragons. Um, shocked. As, I'm shocked, I say. As much as I would like to go with the airbending dragons, I can't stop giving it to Smog in my heart. <laughs> like, in, like, I'm just like, the, I, my intuition tells me <laughs> mm-hmm. Smog's got this. Yeah, like, like I think that Avatar. he would be he'd trip over his own pettiness. He'd trip over his own <laughs> tail. <laughs> well, there you go. Snap. That is for sure. Snap. Snap. trip over his own petty ass tail. The dragons are very graceful. Who voices I, your dragons? Not Benedict Cumberbatch. That's also Don't true. Don't bring Benedict Cumberbatch into this. <laughs> okay, they don't hey. even need to speak. Like, they speak with the language of dance. Because there's smog, and then there's dance. Interpretive dance. Interpretive dance. Most like that performance. Uh, martial arts dancing. Here's the but. thing. <laughs> Avatar: The Last Still Airbender is in my like out. top three cartoons of all time. Like I love that show so much. And yet, and yet, cute dancing dragons isn't enough of an argument for me. You're kidding me. Like, I'm not the one making arguments right now. Claire should be doing that. Heart of gold, (laughs) Phil? Heart of gold, Phil is throwing down for Smaug? I have to, I think, go with Smaug on this. creation and destruction? Yeah. But, but here's Phil. the thing: the, it, it depends on That's what the humans, upset. how the humans bond as well. It's not just up to the dragons yeah. in that world. It also just, depends I'm on the two humans involved. I'm just envisioning a world where all the dwarves were taught how to control fire, yeah, to firebend and be able to like wield fire themselves. And Bilbo, hello, wielding fire. I, I'm Bilbo sorry. I, I I stomp on that argument right away because dwarves would be earthbenders. <laughs> yeah. So so your argument. <laughs> Flails immediately, Claire. Anyway, I'm sorry, Claire. I have to go with Smog on this. And I love Avatar makes me sob in in joy and happiness. So I don't don't apologize, um, but Justin's still in and Claire is now. Wow, Claire. Claire Claire is still still voting. Wow. She's she's voting every time now. Yeah, yeah. Am I the only vote? That'll make me feel better. You're, you're not the, the only vote, vote but you're, the you're, you're vote. voting. Okay, so now so we've got two more left. <laughs> we've got uh, Maleficent and Jormung Gond. Jormung, thank you, Jormung Gond. I, I hate Lisa Norse. Lisa and I against each other again. again. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so How do we keep meeting like this. May I suggest in the next in the next round? Yeah, I think we just push Tiamat to the to the final. Yeah, sure. 
and pit everyone else against and whoever wins out of the four remaining then goes against yeah team. because we have oh, an odd sure. number that's, yeah yeah that's that makes sense yeah yeah okay that's fine well but right now we got will Jormungander and Maleficent so sorry that you have to go up against one of your own loves I know all right, here we go. Who would like to go first? Um, I'll go first. Get it over with. All right, all right, Maleficent. Okay, so what you have to say about Maleficent as a dragon, as a headline, is you're coming in with some style and grace right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This dragon is sexy as hell. The color palette is pristine. She breathes fire that is purple and green. She's also a personification of the darkness and pain in Maleficent's effing heart. And that is unstoppable. She laughs in the face of hope. I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it. She can transform into different things. She can get into your head and make you see future outcomes as though you're living them now. She has a hardcore rock and roll metal ability to strike fear into the hearts of anybody and even gives the fairies a run for their money. These little beings filled with joy. have a difficult time in the face of this dragon. To say nothing of the fact that this is also like years in the making. She started this plan from the time that Aurora was a wee babe and maybe even before. There is a spindle involved. (laughs) (laughs) This is a logistical effort. And I want to know which one of your dragons (laughs) masters logistics the way that Maleficent does. Mm. And I'll answer that for you. It's zero. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's a queen in all of our hearts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and she's coming at you with all the powers of hell. <laughs> all the powers wow. of hell. Um, listen. <laughs> I have snapped so many times already during that argument. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I fucking love... Oh, I... I really love (laughs) Maleficent. Like, a lot. Implicitly? Like, implicitly, I love her. So, this is difficult. Listen, I understand that It's honestly going to be difficult to go up against her. It's hard. Jormungandr... Is he's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like really big. <laughs> would you say? How big is he? He's river sized? <laughs> I would say, like, he's so big that he, like, wraps around the entire earth. Okay. Like, right. pretty really big. big. Formidable. I will say, he's a brute. Okay. Um, so he's not going to be fighting on an intellectual Got level. Um, he is the dog to Maleficent's cat. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. 
Cool. Which is, which, you know, I mean, I, oh, I'm, I'm tempted to argue Maleficent for you right now. <laughs> that's how, that's the position you want to get into in battle. I will address the colors of fire. Okay. In reading about the mythology of the world serpent, I had my mind blown. Oh. When I read that there's this theory. Okay. Going around that um, the concept of the world serpent came around like maybe like four or five thousand BC, right? Okay. So we're talking about like ancient cultures. Sure. And there's a scientific kind of like theory that at this time the aurora borealis was visible closer to the equator that like magnetic fields like there was a geomagnetic like event that brought um that made these more like like these strips that you would see like all the way around across the sky all right and that people all over the world not just in uh norse cultures but like asian cultures and all of these things that came up with the concept of the world serpent were looking up at the night sky and seeing this rainbow aurora borealis and creating mythologies about a world serpent that is going around the entire earth i just thought that was fucking that amazing. was really cool Jeez, Lisa. i'm sorry Ugh. We need to get um, a bleep button. We do. Um, and um, so I just wanted to respond to your green and purple fire argument with all the colors of the Aurora Borealis. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, the main arguments I have are size sure. and sheer force. And force. And that's really um, like what I've got. And rainbows. So size. But like rainbows in the dark. So also <laughs> metal. So also like a rainbow in the dark. Thank you, Chris. Yes. We have any fans of Dio out there? <laughs> Ronnie James Dio, ladies and gentlemen. So we've also got a metal aspect as well going for Jormungandr. And so that's what I've got. That's what I've got. All right, all right. Uh, Claire, do you want to chime in first? Um, I'm going to vote according to the Mighty Thor and go with the great Jormungandr. Jormungandr. That no one will defeat Jormungandr except Thor. Except Thor. Right. And they actually kill each other. Yeah, I know. Right I know. I know this. I read that Thor was able to lift Jormungandr one one uh, time. Loki told turned Jormungandr into a giant cat. Was it? Yeah. And Thor lifted one leg off the ground, and Tilki was like, "Yeah, if you had lifted all four, everything would have ended." Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty impressive. I'm sorry, yeah. Kelly Sue, but, uh, but Thor. Don't apologize. Thor was involved. I know how you feel about Thor. Thank you. I'm surprised that you picked the dragon that killed Thor, but I'm cool. I'm down. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. I got you. I got you. Um. So. Here's the thing about Maleficent. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. At her core, at the core of the character to me, yes. Maleficent is all about how people treat women who aren't afraid to be powerful. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'm not down with that shit. And the Midgard Serpent is basically 
everything bad about it. Like it, it is not the, the it is toxic masculinity incarnate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my vote goes to Maleficent. All right. Phil, tiebreaker again. I, <laughs> I you know, Jormungandr is an amazing creation of mythology, an amazing creation of mythology. However, here it is. I, I have to lean the way Justin is going a little bit here, is that the prowess and the intellect and the rage that is within Maleficent, I, I don't think Jormungandr could deal with that, honestly. I, I don't think Jormungandr could, and I'm going to have to go with Maleficent. hey I'm not even a tiny bit <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> And here's what I'm saying, and I want to clap for myself in my own presentation, is that I didn't have to use her powerful femininity as a fucking weapon. It was inherent. Yes. As a weapon. I should point out that it's a weapon that always works. As a freaking weapon. Yeah. Uh, You you with your attitude and the way you presented it brought that weapon inherently. Yes. You did not have to speak of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to go against Lisa because in our hearts we are Maleficent. It's all true. right. It's true. <laughs> That's why I was like, you all can vote Maleficent. I'm fine. So Does your serpent represent the north node aspect of astrology? It does. <laughs> all right. All right. But with right. enough planning, Maleficent could wipe that out. Maleficent no is uh, the winner of this round. Maleficent Yay. is the Batman so of uh, Disney villains. Let it be known throughout the halls of the museum that I I won that round. That that is a great way to jump to eradicate female energy there. But I just want to go yelling into this big hall really quick. Maleficent is the Batman of Disney. Maleficent won. I don't don't think they heard me say that. At this point, I'm maybe happy about it. Thank you. It's amazing. We have two conversations. All right. Did you know what you were actually here for tonight? We are we're down to four okay, dragons. Let's do it. All right. We've got Toothless. Okay. I, I, know, knowing that we pushed Tiamat off to the like the last, the final all right, round, right? All right. So we've got Toothless, we've got Maleficent, we've got Falcor, we've got Smaug. Smaug. All right. So I'm gonna roll a D4. All right. And. T single, ladies. T single. So that's a four. So we've got Smaug. Versus number three, which is Falcor. We got Smauga versus Falcor. Smauga. a German Falcor, but it shouldn't be like, isn't Falcor like Irish? Wait, do, we, do we really need to extol the virtues of each dragon again? I mean, I think I a little bit of maybe. Maybe just a tiny. About, about I, we can do a tiny, other. I suppose. About how they would face yeah. against face off I, against I each other. All right, here's, here's, okay, here's what I'm going to say about Falcor versus Smaug. And again, I'll go back to the luck element, because luck is largely about looking for opportunity and seizing opportunity when the moment is right. I think that in a battle with Smaug, Falcor would see the opportunity in the hole that Smaug has and be able to utilize that to win the battle, to get in there 
and change Smaug's heart. Amazing. He's blinded by green, man. We got an impressed audience member. I just... <laughs> Can I vote now? <laughs> Justin gets a turn. Just, if he can come up with something. I just... <laughs> I mean... That's amazing. I, mean, I was so, I was there. I was like... I was like... Opportunity, luck, yeah. yeah. Exploiting weaknesses, yeah. Smaug's got no chance. Smaug's not going to be seduced. I don't know, man. He's, you know, there's not going to be any changing Smaug's heart because Smaug represents the worst of us. I mean, that is his heart, you know? But Falcor so is. So here's the like thing about Smaug I don't think that Smaug would underestimate, and Smaug does think a lot of himself and goes easy. I don't think that would carry over into fighting another dragon. Mm. I think Smaug would take another dragon seriously. Falcor would win <laughs> if Smaug gave him the chance. That's why he lost in The Hobbit. I don't think Smaug would give Falcor that chance. And that's why I think Smaug would win. Okay. The worst... Because Smaug represents what's bad about us... Smaug would know I really need to eradicate hope if I'm to win. So Smaug would take the gloves off. And what's I don't think Falcor would be afraid of that at all. Oh, I don't think he would be afraid of it. And maybe that would be his downfall. That's all I'm saying. That's my that's my argument. There's only one thing I can think of to illuminate the way I feel about this battle. And it (laughs) is still super nerdy. I like it already. Smaug would look at Falcor and say, are you still with us, Dream Lord? (laughs) Wow. And Falcor would look back and say, I'm hope. Exactly. Exactly. Thank and you. that would be that. And Falcor would win. My vote's for Falcor. Thank you, Kelly Sue. Claire? My vote, I, you know, until you guys succeed in presenting this story to me and my seeing this movie, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She's never seen it. <laughs> She's never seen. Oh, she's never That's seen. Right. She's never she's seen, never seen, 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 seen it. Seen she doesn't know. She doesn't know if Falcor has to go up again. He looks like a dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> I got it for you. You guys, you guys have a job to do, and until then, I'm voting for Smell. Oh. Okay. Well, she's right. still with the tiebreaker. Yeah, 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 that is too much pressure for you, Phil. This is tough. So much power. This is tough. I mean, because I, outside of the arguments that were made. This is really tough because you both have really great points about this. I know, I know, Falcor does go up against the great evil, the great darkness, representing the great darkness in who we are, mm-hmm. which is Smaug, mm-hmm. and Smaug going up against another physical dragon would not let his guard down. That is, it's a very tough, it's a very tough place to be. Um, 
and yet I'm here. Uh, so basically, you're voting for Falcor, or you're voting for the nothing. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. 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 I mean, let's just cut uh, through it and get down to brass tacks well, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I was very convinced by Lisa's initial argument about the luck. Uh, and, and luck the, the is sort not of to be underestimated and as a power, y'all. No, no, it is not. But, but also, it is also been, not reliable. It's not always reliable. But there's also seeing, being able to I see through that darkness that you know Falcor is great at, uh, and coming through the other side as she suggested. But I have been through some depressions <laughs> myself, and, and you don't see the light that easily. Um, but you know I, what? You're still here. I, no, I know that. You're still here say, because hope wins was, every time. I was going to say, my, I was leading to somewhere, yeah. I was going to say, I think I have to intellectually and emotionally go with Falcor <gasps> on this. Justin. All right. Smile out. <laughs> that was a tough one. That was a tough one. That, that really... Um, we have some questions from the audience oh. about uh, do dragons. Do we have a question from the audience? Yep. Do you want to come over and use the mic? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Balin and I are reading a book right now called Wings of Fire. Okay. <gasps> oh, we just heard about This is the second time someone's yeah, brought it up Yeah, second time someone's yes. brought it up. Uh, right. Listeners, Wings so of Fire. We are, we are in the first book, and we, we're just interested. I don't know how much you guys know about dragons, but we don't know very much at all. And I'm very curious because dragons are treated a lot like humans mm. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? But then there's like there's sky wings and there's mud wings and there's starlights and there's all these different kinds of things. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So what is the deal? <laughs> I need someone to break this down for me. Is this just like we're just personifying dragons to express ourselves in a way that's outside of ourselves, but also trying to find some deeper truth here? I think that you just answered your own question. Well, I, I believe am, so. I'm no, pretty I smart. Am Or to even really Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's that. There's also. Say, and we yeah. imagine dragons is a terrible band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glad I didn't have to say it. <laughs> it, is, it is a thing of immense power that we can imagine being anything we want it to be. Yeah, I like that. Did you hear what she said? It's a thing of immense power and that we can kind of decide to be whatever we want it to be. Which is pretty awesome if you think about that. You just get to define for yourself. What are the dragons in Wings of Fire like? What do you like? Yeah, it's hard to understand. That's kind of why we're yeah. having this 
hallucination is because it's like we're reading the book, but these are personified. Like it's the book is spoken like we're talking to humans, mm-hmm. but those humans are not. They're not even correct. Yeah. So it's weird because I think we're really as someone who's there's no pictures in these books. They're just text. So he's having to like wrap his mind around like. How do I imagine? How do I imagine these dragons? If you can just get right back to imagine dragons. How do I? Imagine dragons. Yeah. Love it. And it's fascinating. But the one, you don't really... It's a lot... It's different maybe when you're reading stories that are um, already within your realm where you're taking something totally abstract and then yeah. being like... So, but they act like humans. They have feelings like humans. They talk like humans. Are they scary? Some of them are. Kind of like humans. So some of them are friendly, yeah. and like they're they're probably loyal. Mm-hmm. The, no, either Very one. Loyal. Yeah. That I think is a thing that defines it. Like what makes a dragon a dragon? But they are loyal to something. It's not to like others to whatever it is that they but protect. They not loyal. I have a question. It is. Are there humans in Wings of Fire? We only saw one yet. And what did they say about it? Do you remember? They find they come upon this human and they're like, oh wait, they're endangered species. But we shouldn't hear that. But this lady king, this dragon king, was like, get him out of here. And she just cut his head off. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So not an environmentalist in any sort of way. Oh right, right. My God. That's uh, wow. All right. That's amazing. That's shocking. That's amazing. In a world of dragons like that, humans are much like rodents. Yeah. Like they're just yeah. Like, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we um. So we've got toothless against maleficent. This is so we have so we're doing toothless against Maleficent right now. Right now, this is right. happening now. I thought maybe I would be able to have another drink before battling toothless, but I'm uh, I can do it. Let's no, do it. No, Let's go. this is. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm gonna let you decide. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? In your with your one argument. You here. know what? You go ahead. You go okay. first. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Thank you. I think, <laughs> I think at the core of Maleficent, there's pain. I think that's what drives her, is pain. Uh, at the core. Like when you go deep enough. It's fine if you think that. Maybe. There's pain. I think, I think Toothless, to a degree, having lost mm-hmm. uh, uh, and having to rely on others, recognizes that pain. Fair. And I think with his sort of capabilities of will and the resistance against darker forces. They're, they're very, I, think, I think his willpower against evil is one of the, his defining qualities, his willpower to defend the people he loves, to even sacrifice himself for the things he loves. He'll, he'll fight until that happens. I think that is his one defining trait against somebody like Maleficent. Oh, um, sure. The peanut gallery is jumping in. What? 
Oh. Oh, by the third movie. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's all working his way through. He's got people he can connect with. Yeah. Well, yeah, he draws his strength from other people around him. He draws, that's what I was saying, he draws strength and that will from the his community and the people around him that he wants to protect. That's what I was saying, yeah, yeah. That's where his strength comes from. And and I think the Prince Charming that eventually defeats Maleficent also has something that he's fighting for in the same sort of regard. Male well, you could say that, however, <laughs> it's not the 50s anymore. That's very true. And an angry woman with nothing to lose mm -hmm. is going to crush you. No matter how many lady dragons you get laid by. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I feel like Phil, And I yield my time. I feel like I feel like <laughs> Phil, you almost argued yourself down. Did I? With um, toothless, like, because you're like, oh, he'll sacrifice himself for like those that he loves, and Maleficent isn't sacrificing anything. She's gonna, she's here to win. She's here to take it back. She's taking back this power. And uh, oof, much as I love toothless, and I love him dearly. Same. I gotta give this one to Maleficent. We've got a Maleficent from Lisa. Oh, I don't take this personally. Don't worry. But all I can envision Toothless doing when confronted with the visage of Maleficent is just rolling over, like wiggling in glee, rolling over and showing his belly. <laughs> not, not, in a, not in a position of One of the defeat, more accurate arguments, I think. Yeah. So I just see a joining of happiness. So I have to go for Maleficent. Well. Also toothless though because it's a dragon cat. I mean, it's a dragon cat. It's a cat dressed as a dragon. It's Claire a cat just cleared me in the most clear way possible. <laughs> oh Everybody pause. It's a cat dressed as a dragon. I was going to say. Oh, dragon. Is that a cat dressed as a dragon on someone's shoulder? A hairless cat. Catus interruptus, as cats do. <laughs> Amazing. What a good Cats don't care what you're in the middle of. They will come in and stop it nom. dead. Give me my treat. Now there's literally a cat dressed as toothless what on someone's shoulder. Oh, a hairless cat. And it's uh it's drawn some Sorry. attention. Oh I, my god. <laughs> And just as quickly as Toothless Cat came in, Toothless Cat, hit, the Night Fury hits the sky and disappears. Uh, yes, Justin? Claire basically, in her own Claire way, just said what I was about to say, which was, we like Toothless for the same reason we like dogs. Toothless is a dog. He's a cool dog, but he's a dog. And while that's awesome, because I do like dogs... That's not enough to get my vote. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, I've already said what I have to say about Maleficent. 
And so, yeah, Maleficent definitely is getting my vote over Toothless. I, I would vote for Maleficent as well. <laughs> like, I had to stand it's up for really my boy because that's what Maleficent. we're doing. I, felt but I would say Maleficent over Toothless as well. Yeah. Uh, Toothless is literally based on household pets. True. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think... That stands up they're, against yeah, the. Yeah, they're not going to win against Maleficent. Maleficent is an embodiment of feminine rage. Of, yes. Did Toothless just yeah. Yeah, yeah. Toothless bit it in this reality. But now <laughs> we have. It's okay, here's oh here's God. some darkness against the light again. We've got Maleficent versus Falcor before the final battle. And I don't think it is the ultimate battle of dark versus light. It really, it really is. kind of is. I think. I mean, I've said everything I can say. It all still applies to Maleficent. Um, Do we want to just? Anybody want to have an argument? Should we just take it outside and squash it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like... I think we need a vote. I think we need to go to a break. Think we need to go to a break before we finish this? No, I think we go to a break after this No, let's finish this. Before the final. Okay. Okay. Before the final. There we go. Okay, so... Final round. Here we go. I mean, second penultimate round. Semi-final. Semi-final. Maleficent and Falcor. Maleficent and Falcor. Any final arguments? I mean, because my mind's made up, but I just want to know if anyone wants to try to change it. Yeah. No. Final arguments. Even Earl. What's that? What? Oh, even Earl. Earl. Girl, that's your argument. Um. It's a good argument. Even Earl is a great argument. I will. I can. In that case, all I can say is. Um, No, I mean, like, say it. if we're going against style, if we're going with style, I final, mean... It's the last thing I can say. There's something, to me personally, Falcor, right? Yeah. We're talking opalescent skills. Yes. With pink fur. Yeah. A real creepy, almost gross vibe. Yeah. But then beautiful and kind and wise. And... Comfortable in his body. <laughs> Comfortable in his body. Lies. I don't know. His tongue is pretty gross. I. That's what I said. There's grossness in there. Do we have a vote? Is that? Is I that mean, I mean, argument? that was just like style points. Style but, points. Um, everything I said before, I said here, and same with Kelly Sue, pretty much, except even early. I rest my case. Maleficent, uh, Claire. That's a final vote from Maleficent. Justin? Maleficent. Yeah. I'm not voting for the yeah. dog da- dragons. Yeah, yeah. I, I, You know what? I feel like Maleficent is kind of greater than evil in darkness. There's something beyond that that she represents. Yeah. And it's I yearning. don't think Falcor's luck would stand against that. Yeah. I think Maleficent takes it. The and thing so, about, no, yeah, it's fair. The thing about Maleficent totally is Maleficent, especially as reimagined in the live action films, of course. But Maleficent isn't evil. No, Maleficent is just something we're scared of. Yes. And that's not the same thing. Right. I do just want to say, I'm very proud of my boy Falcor for making it as far as he did. Yeah, Falcor. Totally. I I thought he was going to be out in the first round. I'm really impressed with him. The final battle between Maleficent and Tiamat. Let's end this Uh, now. (laughs) I will let you, again, choose who goes first. If you'd like me to go first, I will. If you'd like to go first, that's fine. Mm. If you have any final arguments. Final arguments. Or, or not even arguments, just, you know... Uh, this is the last thing that I'll say about 
Maleficent. As a woman and in dragon form. Maleficent and the Maleficent dragon are symbols for all of the pain that women have endured since the beginning of time. The Maleficent dragon is not just a personification of Maleficent's pain, it's a personification of the pain of all women. And it could be said that the Maleficent dragon was trying to save Aurora from being manipulated and from being taken advantage of and from being molded into this patriarchal world and role of being a queen who serves a king and she is misunderstood for that. She is fighting on behalf of the liberation of all women and is helping women to find their own dragon in their heart. Destroying Maleficent means destroying the power of the feminine and I'm going to end it right there. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. No, literally. Uh, I am not, obviously, if you can't tell from my voice, uh, I am a he, him. I am a man. I am not a woman. I do not... I am a he, him. <laughs> I, am, I do not know that rage. What I will say uh, about Tiamat, striking the five heads, the fire-breathing stuff, Tiamat is the story of creation and birth. She births the gods. She, even in her death from one of her own children, she births the world, the universe. She is the personification of, even through her own rage, that something can be born from that. Even in her own death, even in death, something can be born from that. And I think that sort of story of motherhood and, and creation, that even after this horrible, all the horrible, awful stuff that can happen, that there is hope in the next, in in what comes next, in what we create from that, is a very powerful uh, uh, lesson that I think this speaks to in you know the the Babylonian times and the, the Macedonian times, and even into the Dungeons and Dragons world. And and in, I mean we're literally standing technically on Tiamat right now. Um, and that's pretty powerful, I think. So that's the last thing I'll say about Tiamat. Um, All right. So we will uh, we'll take this to a vote. Tiamat or Maleficent? Maleficent or Tiamat? Uh, this is a very, very tough one. Because you do both make compelling arguments about... Um, about like the feminine ideals, really. Mm-hmm. I loved what you had to say about how Maleficent um, inspires the dragon inside all women. Um, but then I also love what you had to say, Phil, about like taking, about creation, 
Arizona and taking this energy and turning it into creation. So I am very torn. on who to pick here, but I think I'm going to have to go with Maleficent for that final argument about what an inspiring force she is. Claire. Say something sort of in opposition to what Kelly Sue said. Mm. Only insofar as I don't believe Maleficent represents all women. I think that story very clearly shows multiple types of women. Like the kinds of women who undercut powerful women or willful women. You know what I mean? As represented by the fairy godmothers. You know? They, they're not feeling represented by Maleficent. You know what I'm saying? And they do what they can to hold Maleficent back. They oppose Maleficent, you know? They're like the Phyllis Schlafly's of the world, you know? They're like, they're, you know, I'm, you know they're, they're, they're anti-feminist women, which, and, and those women exist, you know? Of course. Um, I think that there's a big theory that dragons kind of evolved, and the reason they evolved in so many cultures is because they combine the attributes of animals and things that humans who grew up in the ancestral environment were scared of. Yes. You know? Dragons have serpent-like qualities because we were scared of snakes. They have, you know, scalloped wings because we were scared of bats. They have tiger's claws or lion's claws because we were scared of lions, you know? Um... And I think that Maleficent... It sounds like Tiamat is arriving. Maleficent, representing a powerful woman, is something that we're scared of. Like snakes and bats and lions. Mm-hmm. Tiamat, for all that she is a monstrous being, represents motherhood. And a big part of the myth is how she ultimately gets destroyed by one of her male children. Yeah. Yes. And that story is about, you know, maleness, the familiar, at least in terms of civilization, overcoming the unfamiliar, a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maleficent, even though in, in the original movie she gets, you know, she gets whacked, you know, <laughs> but Maleficent is about a powerful woman coming into her own, and that's what scares us. And that really hues to the origins of dragons mm. in my mind. And so Maleficent gets my vote for that reason. Whoa! Hey. Look at that! Oh, 
there we go. Look at that. There Look at that. we go. Maleficent takes the win. Maleficent. Over, I have to say, the arguments in the battles were well fought. Yes. Uh, from everybody. Yes. Uh, but that is a that's a, a nice win from uh, that Maleficent. Is, wow. What an upset. You guys all thought I was going to vote for Tia Man? I don't know. <laughs> I know it. Well, when you she first did. started, when like you it. first started talking, I thought that you were going to explain why you were voting for Tiamat. Same. And so when it ended with you being like, no, 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 all especially, of that is to say Maleficent. And yeah. I was like, damn. I loved it. I love the mislead. I'm going to push back against Kelly Sue. Yeah. I felt, okay, here we go. Well, yeah, but yeah. The reasons that I push yeah. back are the reasons why I like Maleficent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I love That's it. That's great. Uh, awesome. Yeah, right. we Thanks did it. Thanks for listening to the battle, everybody. I hope yes. you got something out of our talks about the dragons. And if you it was, didn't, it was fun uh, for us. Read about it yourself. <laughs> I uh, had a blast. I had a blast. Yeah, that was fun. I never would have thought in a million years that my lady dragon would reign supreme. You took it. <laughs> if you had asked me beforehand if I was going to vote for Maleficent in the final, I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> Because those movies annoy me. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right. All right. All right. right, Oh, my God. We had so much fun tonight. If you're in Los Angeles and want to come out and experience First Fridays, as you should, because it's a total blast, go to the website nhm.org for more information. The First Fridays 2023 page is on the Natural History Museum website to find out more information and to buy tickets and to explore all of the super cool themes that they have coming up for the rest of the month. They're so awesome. They'll be talking about superheroes, kaiju, and a whole bunch of other nerdy stuff. And if you enjoyed our first time at First Fridays, know that we have an expanding catalog of conversations you can dive into with us. So many. You can also find deep dive discussions called Murder Husbands, following our Hannibal TV series watch, or our discussions of current shows as they air with our series that episode was, to of course our sporadic episodes of whatever strikes our fancy with our popsicle pop-ups, where we've talked about films like The Menu and shows like Andor. Really, the best thing you can do to stay up to date is follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social media or wherever you get your podcasts or join our newsletter at popsiclepod.com. If there is a show or a movie that you want us to discuss, let us know. We're tired of choosing it. No, we're not. We're still choosing it. But we also want to hear what you want to hear about. So follow us at Popsicle Pod. Dot com or at Popsicle Pod on all social media. That's P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Drake Harris. <laughs> <laughs>